Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 2 Peter 2. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess that for many of you, this isn't the only podcast you listen to. This probably isn't even the only Bible teaching that you might listen to. Maybe you listen to some other sermons, whether that's sermons from your church or now with the internet, sermons from other churches around the country, or maybe from certain preachers going back decades through audio recording. And you might also be the kind of person, if you're listening to this podcast, that sometimes may read a Christian book about theology or Christian living. And so if you listen to more teaching than this, and and you read books um, in the realm of Christianity, you are probably aware that there are some Christian podcasts and Christian teachers and Christian books that are outstanding and helpful, and that there are some that are, well, not so much. There's a lot out there that could, you could find it under the category of Christian podcasts, or you could find it in the Christian section of the bookstore, but it is not good. In fact, you would probably even say it's, it's not only not good, it's bad. It's false. I mean, just go to any bookstore just about in our world and find uh, the section on uh, Christianity and, and look around. You may find in that section some really, really good books, but you are likely also to find some books that it would fall under the technical and theological label hot garbage, right? right? These books that are just teaching things in the name of Christianity that you're not going to find anywhere in the Bible. Does that frustrate you sometimes? Does sometimes that really even get you riled up that there is so much in the name of Christ being done that is just false? It is the opposite of helpful. It's not even neutral. Uh, it, It is bad, and it is pointing people in a wrong direction. Well, this is really the subject of 2 Peter 2. We end 2 Peter 1 on this high note of the inspiration of the Bible. But chapter 2 then reminds us, well, not all that's out there claiming to teach the Bible is actually biblical. And that was true in Peter's time. And guess what? It has been true ever since then. And it is still true today. We are in a world, even I'd say in our culture, we are inundated with false teaching. And how do we think through that? Well, there's two main lessons I want us to see from this chapter. And the first is you should take comfort. You should take comfort because like I said, uh, you, you can get so frustrated by this false teaching. Uh, you can get very discouraged by this. And And even if you are seeking to be faithful, even if you are a Bible teacher and you are seeking to be faithful, and even when you may try to point out something that is false teaching, uh, there are still people going and listening to the false teachers, and that can be profoundly discouraging. And so when you feel that way, there's a sense in which from this passage, you need to take 
comfort. You need to be encouraged that while there are false teachers and while they may be growing in popularity, they are not going to get away with it. They're not. They may look like they're doing well right now as they preach to the masses and live a life of of luxury or, or whatever it may be, but they won't get away with it in the end. And those that are faithful, those that are uh, doing what God says and those that are teaching accurately the Bible, well, they will be vindicated. And so that's why you can take comfort. It's not saying, hey, take comfort. Don't worry about false teachers. They're not doing anything bad or destructive. No, it really is concerning. It really is so frustrating that they are doing so many things in this world, but take comfort that they will be dealt with and those that are faithful will be rewarded. And let's look now where we see that in the text. And I'm drawing that mostly uh, there uh, from what it talks about in verse nine. It's after the example of Noah, how God judged angels. I think that's a reference to Genesis 6 and that much debated topic of the sons of God. And so God judged these angels, but he preserved Noah. So that, that's an example there. The angels, they, they were doing bad things. They were punished, but Noah, he was preserved. Or then Sodom and Gomorrah, they were doing wicked things, but righteous Lot. And this is interesting. It described Lot as greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked. So to some extent, you should be that way. You should be greatly distressed by the popularity of false teaching in our world. But you should take comfort that God rescued Lot and God rescued Noah. And that sums up, it sums that up in verse nine, where it says, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. So that's the principle there. God knows how to rescue the godly from trials and how to punish those who are wicked. And that's where you can take comfort because you should be rightly distressed about the success of false teachers. And if you look at the context of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, it seems that there is an air of persecution. And so that may add to the discouragement of these people are teaching false things and they're not experiencing the persecution that I am experiencing. Take the long view. God knows how to rescue the godly and he knows how to punish the wicked. So there's some level of comfort that you should take as you read 2 Peter 2. If you feel like, man, I, I feel isolated and alone, or at least hopefully not completely alone, but I feel more like a part of a remnant that's actually teaching the truth when most of what I see is not helpful, it's false. Well, God will vindicate those people in the end. So take comfort in that. The other thing I want you to do in response to Second Peter 2 is to take care. You need to beware. You need to be careful that you don't get sucked into false teaching and that you don't 
become a false teacher. Now, now notice how it describes some of them. There's so much in this passage that you'll be able to look at, but starting in verse 1, but false prophets also arose among the people. This is looking back now, just as there will be, future now, false teachers among you who will secretly, so there's a key, that they're doing this secretly, bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their, look at this, sensuality. And because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. So there we get into the comfort of God saying, I'm going to punish them. But notice it describes their teaching as sensual. And that's, that's one way to describe what we see. There are many teachers that are going to appeal to your senses. And I think there's a lot of ways they can do that. And when he talks about their greed and exploiting you, that could make you think of somewhat the health, wealth, prosperity preachers, uh, the people that preach, hey, if you give to my ministry or you uh, pray like this, well, then God's going to bless you and, and make all your wildest dreams come true. What's one of the things that is most saddening about those ministries, it's exploiting people. Many times it's taking people that are desperate and saying, oh, well, you'll get help in your desperate situation if you give to me. And that is exploitation. Many people fall for that. These false teachers prey upon the needy. And so you need to be aware of that. But that sensuality can also look like so many false teachers that basically say, man, I know the Bible makes the Christian life sound difficult. And I know the Bible, it seems like there's a lot of things that it's saying you, you can't do, especially things that would be sensually pleasing, whether that's sexual immorality or worldliness or um, just wealth and all and luxury and all of these things. And this teaching is basically saying, you know, just chill out, man. We don't need to avoid all the sin of the world. We get There's grace. We can, you know, enjoy uh, the, the sinful things of this world, but find grace in Christ. And basically, you can fit in in our culture and still have Jesus at the same time. When, wow, that sounds so much the opposite of what Jesus actually taught. Um, that, hey, if you follow me, you're not going to fit in in the world. Or that's even what we saw in First Peter. Don't be surprised at the fiery trial. The world is going to malign you when you don't join in with them. But there will be sensual teachers who say, no, you can fit in with the world and follow Jesus. And you need to beware of any teaching that would lead to that. And even the end of the passage uses some very strong words to describe uh, that it, it talks about in verse 21, it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. Some of these false teachers, it would have been better off if they never even knew the truth than to know it and, and to go where they are. So that should be a warning to you. Take care. Don't listen to Jesus and then, eh, you know, I'm going to keep going my way. That, that's a dangerous thing. And it ends with that proverb that the dog returns to its own vomit. That's the warning for those who have a knowledge of real righteousness and the truth, but then turn away from it to something else. So we live in a world, and I'm confident 
We will continue to live in a world, no matter how hard we may try, we will live in a world filled with false teaching until Christ comes back. And until then, we can take comfort that they're not going to get away with it, and God will vindicate those that follow him, but we also need to take care that we don't start buying into this false teaching or that we don't start spreading it ourselves. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.